Welcome back to the Mountains and the Sea, where we find the highs and lows of each and every Prince album every other week. I'm Christy. And this is Josh. And we're so glad that you're back with us today, today. New disc. That's right. We are into disc five of Sign of the Times Super Deluxe, another vault disc. Heck yeah. And Just admit it. This is the reason why you bought this set. Of course it is. This is, this is why. This and the book... Yes, which I have yet to read the entire thing. Yeah, I need to spend more time with it, but I feel a little overwhelmed at times. With the music? but Between the music and the rest of life and another show. (laughs) That's true. You do have yet another podcast. (laughs) That's Um, right. Yeah, I'm only doing this podcast, um, but I do have work, um, so there's that. But I also have I've been talking to some listeners about this from time to time that this is a hard set to wrap my head around and like I have yet to like get a feel for where songs are on what disc and it just speaks to the size of this set, I guess. I've never bought a Prince album or collection and not been able to have a feel for it like in the first month and they're like, Oh, track six is the song or mm-hmm. oh, and that's disc three of Emancipation. I don't have a clue outside of the first three discs. Mm. Right. The, well, uh, and I think that makes sense to me, honestly, because these are in chronological order. True. According not, to record date, yeah. they're not themed when yeah, Prince would put album. it together true. and theme it. It made sense where the songs were because they related to one another in some way, whether yeah. that meant they were similar or completely different. True. But somehow they fit together the in only, a particular yeah, way. It's just these were, you're right, these are in chronological order arranged to fit on a whatever, 77-minute disc. Right. Yeah. So I'm still I'm still learning it. Yeah. I have a feeling I will be for a while, especially since now I feel like I can't go back and re-listen to disc four because <laughs> I've got to prepare for disc five. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. You can re-listen to disc four because we're going to take a small break. Did you run this by the authorities? (laughs) Did you put in a PTO request form? (laughs) Wait, explain this. We're taking a break. Yes. Why exactly? Well, let me tell you, on our current recording schedule, the next time we would be preparing to record yes. would be the week leading up to Christmas. Okay. Cause it is currently on record day here, December 13th. Yes. Yeah. And for this episode is going to release December 20th. Right. So we would be preparing the week leading up to Christmas. Yeah. For, for a podcast, for a show for me to record and edit just after Christmas, yeah, uh-huh. which happens to be my birthday. Correct. So, not that I don't want to record with you on my birthday, but I don't want to have to prepare the week leading up to Christmas, which is busy with kids finishing up school and just holiday preparations and things like that. Yep. And hopefully you as a listener aren't traveling unnecessarily. Um, yeah. But the holiday week of Christmas may not be... The smartest time to be releasing new podcast episodes anyway. Right. They might not get listened to right away. Hopefully you won't miss much. That, Give us, that's right. It's really a Christy break, not a Josh break, because <laughs> I have it the easiest. Christy has to prepare and then edit the podcast. I just have to prepare and be there for emergency situations, of which there have been zero. <laughs> 
So instead of a regular fortnightly schedule, we're going to have three weeks in between the release days instead of just two, like right. we normally have. I so, think that was an excellent use of fortnightly, by the way. Oh, thank you. Very nice. <laughs> well, in podcast circles, it's a thing that we tend to say because people will say biweekly. Oh, and, and that sounds like twice a week. Well, and you can't, you never know, is that every other week or is that twice a week? Yeah. It can mean both because right. English is confusing sometimes. Right. So fortnightly is a more descriptive term. I applaud this. Well, I also learned the word be clowned this week. <laughs> yes. <laughs> thank you, Kai Rizdahl. Yep. <laughs> I paid attention and learned a, a new word, be clowned. Let's see if Prince be clowned himself on any of these tracks. I don't know, but we're going to talk about the first half of disc five. That is I true. Think... If you didn't listen to the end of the last episode, this might come as a surprise to you. Yeah, we're not doing all of disc five. We are because these discs are jam packed with material. Uh, we are doing one half a disc at a time for each episode of this podcast to give us space to talk about each one and give each one the each song the time it deserves. That's right. Exactly. So this ought to be, um, it ought to work out well for these songs because this disc has 14 songs. We cut it in half doing the first seven and the total time adds up to nicely 37 minutes and zero seconds worth of music. Perfect. Yeah. So track one, four minutes and 22 seconds of those 37 minutes goes to train. Yes. This song did get an official release, but not by Prince. I had completely forgotten. I listened to this song probably 15 times preparing for this podcast, and it wasn't until the 14th time that I remembered and realized, (laughs) oh, this is Prince's version of a song that was released. This could have been on Originals or Originals 2. Yes, Mavis Staples recorded a version of it that got released on Time Waits for No One. Mm -hmm. 1989, her first Paisley Park album. Right. But we've got here is Prince's original version that Mm -hmm. um, started, or I guess, as Prince Vault says, basic tracking took place Mm -hmm. on July 7th, 1986 at his home studio on the same day as another song that we'll be covering, Eggplant. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. According to them. We have Prince on all vocals and instruments, except where noted. (laughs) And where that is noted is Eric Leeds on saxophone and Atlanta Bliss on trumpet. So Mm -hmm. this has been, it's been said before that Sign of the Times is a Prince, Eric Leeds, and Atlanta Bliss album more than a Prince and the Revolution album. And here's an outtake that is completely those three gentlemen. Mm -hmm. For sure. Man, Prince has no qualms about telling somebody else to hurry up with their girl. That is true. Or is he talking to himself? I thought he was singing to himself. Oh. Come on, man. Get your bags. Let's get out of here. I think he's (laughs) talking to himself. Oh, okay. We also mentioned in our last episodes all the modes of transportation with Prince. That's right. There's lots of focus on trains here. Yep. You know, we started with uh, All My Dreams with a train reference, and Mm -hmm. here we are, too. And, yeah, I think that he's singing this to himself. Okay. That was my interpretation. Okay. This recording kind of sounds a little messy, and I think it's supposed to sound like the train. Come on, man. Get your bag. You got to go. Yes. But it's very, it's real cluttered. You're and right. And like driving 
Mm-hmm. It makes sense, but I it wasn't in the Mavis Staples version. Yeah, it's a little toned down. Uh huh. And I think that was wise. Oh, do you? It was a little. It was a little distracting. It was, but I think it fit into. Of course, it did because he did it. It fit into the kind of <laughs> explorations Prince was into. Yes, like eggplant has this weird kind of sound to it, and train has this equally weird, mm-hmm. maybe overpowering a little bit kind of train sound. Yes, happening. You're right. Yeah. Also noted, like in the first 13 seconds of the songs, that the bass licks are on the upstroke, as Prince would say. <laughs> okay. It it is on the upstroke. I don't know how else to describe it. Um, so go back and listen to that. Listen to the bass for the first 12 seconds or so before those horn jabs also get layered on at 13 seconds. Mm-hmm. I think the reason he's singing, I, I wrote down, is this a pep talk to himself at the beginning of the song when he says, come on, man, get your bags. We got to go. Man, tell that girl goodbye. Let's get out of here. Come on, man, get your bags. But then the rest of the song is I want to talk to you If uh-huh. you don't really love me anymore Okay I think we've got a little Prince internal monologue like At the, the little, very beginning A little like Prince is his own train ticket puncher Oh, there you go Okay Well, that makes sense He sings his own backup. You mentioned he was on all vocals, and it's just really, really fantastic here. Just so many layers, so many different, makes you really appreciate his vocal range. For sure. There's high and low and in between. and Yeah, and the in between is almost like his vocalization at the beginning of When Doves Cry. It's Uh got this very, uh, Uh like, middle, like, not even trying kind of sound to it. Yeah. That happens in in a few points in the song. Yeah. So, what's in Santa Fe? There's a train that's leaving in the morning That will take you straight to Santa Fe Is it just a random town that he wants to get her, like, I'll never see you in this place, so that's where I want to send you to? Well, I kind of thought maybe it was kind of the opposite of Minnesota, too. True. Like it's... it's, it's instead of Midwest, it's Southwest? It's Yeah, it's Southwest, it's mountainous, yeah. hot, dry... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Instead of flat and cold and snowy and or rainy, yeah, that's it. Just seems like maybe an opposite sort of place because he tells her there's a train leaving in the morning that will take you straight to Santa Fe. Yeah, like it's a nonstop train ride. Yeah, like if you don't want me, go to the opposite place of me. Yeah, that's kind of what I was. That's a thinking. nice way to think about it. I thought of it as like I Prince will never take up residence in Santa Fe. So if she lives there, there's much less of a chance that he will ever <laughs> run into her again. Like that is complete and total separation. Yeah. You know, and he won't stand in her way either. I'm going to put you on this train. Well, why would he put her on a train and stand in the way? That's like getting in the way. That's like the whole point of the train. 
Well, I think she puts herself on the train. Okay. He's not putting her on the train, but he's not going to stop her from getting on the train. I see. I see. Well, I, thought- I think he, that he doesn't really think she's going to go. Oh. I think that so he's... So this is an empty threat? It's, it's not even a threat. It's just a, look, I'm not going to stop you. I'm not going to chase you. I'm not going to be upset with you. Different guy than wrote Big Tall Wall. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> because, you know, a train is an escape and a wall is a prison. Yeah. At least a circular wall. One wall you could get around or climb over. I don't <laughs> That's know. Right. Let's call Mexico and see what they want to say about that. <laughs> They're I, like, I don't know, you go down a little bit that way and we can walk right across. no wall there at all. <laughs> um, this is maybe the best we'll get from Prince in terms of if you love someone, set them free, yeah. I thought. But also a train, that's kind of a bit of a painful modern journey for a breakup from Minneapolis to Santa Fe on a train. You won't spring for a plane ticket. <laughs> She's got to be on a train. He wants her to. Think about it. Yes, you sit on this train for 13 and a half hours and you think about what you didn't do. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That monotone vocal range that you mentioned, the Mm -hmm. first I heard it and made a note of it was at a minute and 40 seconds when he sings, I'm so in love with you, you're all I want to be. background delivery for so in love with you Mm -hmm. that's in contrast with this falsetto that you can really hear there that's fun to listen to super cool there's really cool guitar punctuation Mm -hmm. at like two minutes and 24 seconds then we get a really great guitar solo just after three minutes notes say the same words no okay also at two minutes and nine seconds his falsetto that he delivers Uh, after but remember babe wherever you go i'm with you and he's got this i'll be with you it's Uh almost kind of creepy but then this falsetto on top of it that's very loving Mm -hmm. and i thought i thought you were going to say it's a little weird that Wherever, even though I don't care if you go or not, if you do, remember, wherever you go, wink, wink, I'm with you. <laughs> like, I'm going to oh. follow your ass around. <laughs> oh, no, I just think that he believes himself to be so unforgettable Yes, that no matter where she yes, goes. My essence will be there uh, forever. Uh-huh. And he's probably right. I've left an indelible mark upon you. That's right. Like he permanently peed on her ankle. <laughs> There's some really cool little buried bells at like two minutes and 45 seconds that are very nice. And then we get a a woo-woo. Yeah. Sounds like a train whistle. That's true. Very cool. Um, And then Prince does this vocalizing Uh at the end over his own deep voice singing the chorus. Yep. Very nice. (laughs) 
particularly like three minutes and 26 seconds when the line, if you fill this thing we got, just can't go on. Uh-huh. Like there's a second of uh, great falsetto vocalization is awesome. Also, a little earlier than that, even at three minutes and nine seconds, where he's just saying, I just don't know what to say. He delivers the chorus line in a falsetto and follows it up with this great falsetto vocalization that's got like vibrato to it and mm-hmm. like total and utter control. Which I thought was like amazing, especially since it almost seemed like this song. Never really had a home on a Prince album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was probably planned for Dream Factory at one point. Yeah. But it's like even if uh, he was recording without a permanent idea in mind, uh-huh. the amount of effort never wavered. Right. All right. And then we have It Ain't Over Till the Fat Lady Sings, performed by Prince, Wendy, Lisa, Eric Leeds, and Lana Bliss. Yeah. Titled by Eric Leeds. Right. He gave it the title. And it was probably intended for Dream Factory. Yeah. Well, I found it very weird. Unless Prince Prince Vault is wrong, it specifically says that Train was recorded on the same day as Eggplant. Mm -hmm. Track two then here is this instrumental recorded on July 9th. So how does that happen if this is... Something is not right. Either we're not being told the right thing or Prince Vault is wrong on dates, but this song's recorded two days later and is inserted in between two songs that are recorded supposedly on the same day. Huh. I wonder why. You got me. But this sounds very, very like Under the Cherry Moon to me. Yeah. Retro, big band. Yep. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. It moves from unnerving into Mm -hmm. joyful... And back again really fast. Yeah, I drew similarities to And That Says What from our last Mm -hmm. episode, especially since it has the same lineup for the band, minus Dr. Fink. And it also is missing a lead or a rhythm guitar, too. Mm -hmm. And it's got this, like, pace changes abound in the song. Right. It starts off as kind of a slow mid-tempo thing and at 45 seconds it gets much faster uh has odd things thrown in like the dog bark sample (laughs) at 52 (laughs) seconds i I don't know why Uh, just weird 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 and fun things abound there's a little bit of vocalization just before the piano starts you can definitely tell it's Prince. Yeah, where there's this drum breakdown, mm-hmm. and it ends up going, and you hear Prince go, uh-huh. and so I found myself listening to the song, seeing if I could time myself to get the right, uh-huh. and I think I finally got it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good. That piano part that you mentioned? Yes. Actually, before we get to that, I wanted to also mention that I thought at 59 seconds to a minute two seconds... I want to sing along. These are a few of my favorite things. It's like, yes. It's in there. I, I mean, I yes. can't call it a sample because it is them playing it, but it is definitely oh, that yeah. melody. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yep. I thought the the piano solo that you talk about, like from uh, one twenty six to one minute and thirty three seconds, is very Charlie Brown theme ish, like like the Vince Guaraldi band. Yes. Or trio? Is it a band or a trio? I don't remember. I don't know. But now's the time of year to listen to his music. Vince and some other people. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. There's live horns. Yes, there are. And yet, at the end, we still get some synthesizer horns. That's true. Which you I do. was like, oh, that's interesting. Very interesting. And Prince, again, his musical contributions are drums only, which also led me back to And That Says What. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit of a madhouse approach mm-hmm. also, except for the fact that we've got Wendy and Lisa on bass and piano, respectively, through this song. I just thought it was a nice, a short but nice instrumental workout. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, it definitely sounded under the cherry moodish, moonish, not moodish. Not moodish. Moonish. Under the cherry moon is a mood. That's right. But it's not. It's an emotional state of being. That's right. All right, and then we move into eggplant original Prince vocal. Yeah, again, like I said before, according to Prince Vault, recorded on July 7th, same day as Train, which would be two days before the previous song, Mm -hmm. if those dates are right. I'm just all caps in my notes here. How are these in chronological order? (laughs) I want to know what's going on here. We might have to at Dwayne Tudal, see if we can get an answer there. That might be a smart thing to do. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. Yeah. Eavesdropping. Prince uh, was an eavesdropper. Ahead. I was going to say, why don't you go ahead and tell the story? <laughs> so Prince overheard a conversation between uh, Wendy and Susanna that gave the inspiration for this song. And eggplant is evidently the opposite of an egghead, a smart person. Which I had never really heard before. No, I think either. it's a made up thing. I think Prince made it up. I don't think eggplant is... No, no, no. I meant egghead being You'd an intellectual. Never I've never heard that. Well, first of all, no one's ever called me that, and I'm super smart. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh at you. <laughs> <laughs> you are smart, but I'm a little... You'd You're never smarter heard... than me, and I've never heard anyone call you an egghead. Well, what like, that's is an egg I'm timer, also... like a super smart timer? <laughs> no, it's just like a person with a big round head. They're an egghead. Heads are shaped like eggs. (laughs) Yes, but it's more pronounced when you have a big brain. There are smart people with small heads. Maybe Prince, because he had a small body and by comparison, a giant head. Yeah, but he wasn't a big old dork, and egghead's a big dork. I think he might have been a little bit of a dork. He just made being a (laughs) dork cool. In Uptown, dorks are cool. (laughs) Okay, fair. Uh It's got some very. 80s synthesizers and it's got some 80s pop sound to it it does i would encourage you to like i said earlier if you listen to train and eggplant back to back you get a feel for like the weird Uh kind of unique odd sounding songs that prince was experimenting but if you listen to this after it ain't over till the fat lady sings and then listen to eggplant you can hear similarities in these tracks too. Like oh. uh, it ain't over till the fat lady sings from two seconds to 17 seconds. Listen to the horn line. Mm-hmm. 
eggplant, the start until uh, seven seconds into it. Very similar sound. Huh, okay. Very similar sound going on. Okay. I would also point out that there's the same cymbal sounds in the opening of this song. And again, at seven seconds and 15 seconds that you can hear in the song It. Okay. Okay. I put, made a note that how fun the cymbals were. Aha. Uh-huh. Yes, uh-huh. I had wow. not making the... There's like a gong kind of sound. Uh-huh. Yeah. This woman, the eggplant. Yeah. She's not much substance. No religion. Starving children don't concern her as long as she's got food. Yep. She's rich. Queen of England, the Duke of Earl, ain't got nothing on this girl. Yeah. Queen of England, Duke of Earl, they got nothing on this girl. And she's a hair flipper. She is a hair flipper. Hence, that, that was the conversation that Prince overheard was Wendy and Susanna talking about hair flippers. Yeah. So she's probably pretty. She And uh, she's also dumb. She's an eggplant. Right. Yeah. That might be positives for some people. She's pretty, she's rich, and she's not smart. Right. She's not an, an, an intellectual challenge. <laughs> no, not at all. And the uh, dude in this uh, who's the, in love with the eggplant, yeah. he's got it bad. She is quite a piece of work she changes the sheets by going to different places yeah the guinness book of world records can't count how many lovers she's had or the beer or the beer well the line in the song is guinness couldn't count all the men she's had so i had a little joke written down here that would be (laughs) when christy says the book of world records can't count it. You should say the beer doesn't know either. <laughs> Worked out great. <laughs> Worked out real great. <laughs> um, <laughs> and this smitten man wants to marry her despite her faults. And therefore, their kids are going to be dumb because she's yes. selfish and vapid and he doesn't have the sense to leave her. Wow. These lyrics went straight through the Christy V. Norman, let me tell you what they're really saying here, translator. <laughs> <laughs> it came out the other end real fast. There you go. <laughs> wow. Like bread through a goose. <laughs> <laughs> that was graphic. Yeah, I thought that the uh, give birth to an eggplant, oh, what a drag. I was like, wow. So you're saying if you marry this woman who he calls a hag, then your Uh children are destined to be dummies too. Right, because you're a dummy for not seeing her for what she is and marrying her anyway, and she's just not smart. Like dumminess isn't a 
Dumbiness. <laughs> Dumbiness. <laughs> it's not the recessive gene. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, so is she into girls and orgies too? Oh, tell me where the where the bread and the goose found that. <laughs> There's always eight women to three men. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, she's into orgies and girls because those three men are going to be busy. Even if they're busy with two girls each, there's that's two girls left over. I think I saw it as like the odds of you getting a smart woman are difficult. Oh, Oh. therefore, if you marry an eggplant, oh, what then? But maybe you're right. I don't know that I'm right for sure, but I thought there's like. You know, there are more of these types of gals in the world than there are Are smart and intelligent intelligent ones Mm -hmm. that will serve you, that you'll be better served seeking out. Oh, okay. Ever the optimist, Josh. Ever the optimist. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I saw it as uh, like an orgy thing because, again, she's into this stuff and he'd be dumb to marry her without uh, it intelligent adult conversation yeah happening around what's going to work for everybody okay i follow he puts a lot of emotion into his la la la's he does they're <laughs> almost like screamy these desperate la la la's uh-huh. and the refrain there towards the end um and i really like them a lot yeah me too His la la la's, and there are a lot of la 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 things in these vault tracks. Mm-hmm. But here, they're not such a repetitive part of the song. It's more of this, like a bridge kind of treatment. But mm-hmm. he delivers them with a lot of emotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And after that, that instrumental outro, when it's like two minutes and twenty six seconds, the song picks up and gets real funky. It's got some chicken grease, as Prince would call it, like a running (laughs) rhythm guitar from 2 minutes and 26 seconds forward, and him yelling in the background frantically, Marry you! No! Come on, baby cakes! That's Uh, what I heard. uh I heard, thank you and your birthday? (laughs) I I didn't know what he said. You know what it reminded me of, though, was stuff that would happen on the Batman soundtrack. It kind of sounded similar, like the kind of yelling in the background and you can't quite understand it. It reminded me a little bit huh. of All Batman right. stuff. The, like the, I guess the song Bat Dance yeah. is what you're really talking about where there's a lot of city screaming. Mm-hmm. and yeah. yeah. Boy, two minutes and 50 seconds to 2.57 horns and that running guitar and synthesizers. It really picks up a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's like some speaking. Mm-hmm. He says something. Like at three minutes and eight seconds. I don't know what it was, but he's like talking to the band or something. Yeah, there's, I mean, it's really him, you know? Yeah. That was what I was also trying to remember. Yeah, I'm like, who's he talking to? Like from three minutes and 20 seconds to three minutes and 36 seconds. 30 seconds. There's this six note descending and repeating piano part, and I kept reminding myself, this is Prince on all these instruments except horns here. So pay attention. These are not like throwaway things. This Mm -hmm. is all him. Yep. 
What else? There's a sax solo that ends the song, like mm-hmm. four minutes and 34 seconds until the end. And did you notice that it ends with a slowed down gong cymbal effect that was also used throughout huh. Eggplant? Huh. Well, this is Eggplant, yeah. so it's also used throughout the song is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> but it was slowed down at the end. The very last thing you hear is this... Oh, I didn't down. realize it was the slow down gong. Yeah, oh. same effect, just slow down. Okay. Yeah, I'm confused there for a second. I'm like, wait, what song are you I'm talking gonna about? I'm just going to start referring to the songs that we're talking about by their proper name. <laughs> You're going to do the uh, the royal That's right. talking about the song? That's right. Since we decided to give the crown another try <laughs> last night, I'm very official and very proper. And if you could bow using only your neck, that would make me happy. Yeah, there we go. Speaking of being a royal, everybody want what they don't got. <laughs> yes. Uh, was likely not planned to have a release, but was recorded at the same time as Dream Factory tracks, yeah. according to Prince Fault. The lyrics to the song, along with other released song lyrics, were published in Neo Manifesto. Which I've never owned a copy of. I went to look for it, just to see. It's quite pricey. Yeah, we don't need it that bad. That's okay. That can be a Neo Manifesto. That's right. No. 1994 was when that was published. Did you see that it was all the song? The one we're referring to now. (laughs) Everybody want what they don't got. (laughs) was also recorded on the same day as The Cross. Oh, no. Okay, cool. According to Prince Vault. Okay. That is true. Prince on all vocals and all instruments. Very cool. (sighs) It sounds like 80s easy listening, but not in a bad way. Okay. Uh, My summary was about as sing-songy of a song you'll ever hear from Prince. Oh, yeah. But maybe not bad. Yeah. That's fair. Bouncy, happy, yeah. again, in contrast to the lyrics, kind of like Big Tall Wall was. <laughs> yeah. Also, you know, all bemoaning materialism. But I thought the music was almost like the kind of thing you could find on a stock music site now. Yeah. If you were shooting a toothpaste commercial. Well, that's what I mean. It sounded like 80s easy listening. Do, 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 do. Uh-huh. I want to just like walk down the street and snap my fingers like a white man when I listen to this song. <laughs> like a white man. Right, because I am a white man. That's right. <laughs> Unusually, it leads off with the chorus, and that, uh, though that's happened a lot. I keep feeling like we're, we point that out on a lot of these vault tracks that the songs lead with the chorus. Yeah, it seems like something Prince did and then didn't go forward with very yeah. often. Yeah, I can't argue with it because he does it here, and this was probably never even intended for an album. Mm-hmm. People are all the same in many ways. If they got nothing, or if they got a lot, everybody want what they don't got. Yeah. Wow. The Christie translation machine is in overdrive this episode. That wasn't a translation. I just read the well, lyrics. No. Uh, you had some other insight thrown in there. I'm sorry to tell you, it was smarter than just <laughs> reciting the lyrics. Okay. So Sarah Succotash, I believe, is just a funny name. 
I think so, too. I don't know what caused Prince to think of the word succotash. <laughs> well, let me tell you what a succotash is. Oh, I didn't even think to look it up. It's uh, not like a stomach rash, is it? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> it's much more pleasant than that. It's a salad sort of <laughs> side dish. <laughs> <laughs> no, Josh, it's not a stomach rash. It's a salad side dish. <laughs> Okay. It's based on sweet corn and beans and then has a variety of other ingredients. So the basis of succotash is sweet corn and beans. And then depending on the type of succotash you're making, uh-huh. and I'm just going to say succotash as many times as I can because it's yeah. fun to say succotash, you add in different ingredients. So it's kind of like a picnic food, I think. Okay. It sounds like the kind of food that would come back to haunt you shortly afterwards (laughs) to me. It sounds like Minnesota Pollocks in the summertime to me. Oh, that could be. Succotash. Yeah, so Sweet Sarah Succotash saw a silver scarf. Sweet Sarah Succotash saw a silver scarf. Uh Has Prince ever sounded so Dr. Susie to you? No, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. So then I wanted to know who Jack Benny was. You didn't know who Jack Benny was? Mm-mm. Okay. Well, I'll you, let you tell. Oh, okay. So I thought, why would she need to buy an album if she saw a silver scarf? And I guess she was going to go tell Jack Benny jokes because he was a comedian who started in vaudeville, ended yeah. up on the radio and on television had albums of comedic nature. Yeah. And uh, I guess she went to go buy his albums so she could memorize his jokes and tell them in order to earn the money to be able to buy the silver scarf. But she didn't make the money that she wanted to because Jack Benny died in 1974. So even in the mid-80s when he was recording the song, the jokes were stale. They were old. Okay. So that's what I understood it to be. Um, Well, I do agree with you about who Jack Benny was. Okay. So you have a different interpretation. I just thought it was that she, you know, just like she saw a silver scarf and wanted it right away, she saw a Jack Benny album and thought, oh, "Oh, I got to have that. And she spent her last penny on it. And now she can't afford the more reasonable and fashionable purchase of a silver scarf that she could have worn around and gotten compliments on. And instead she's stuck with this album full of jokes that are out of date. Oh, um, so one want like piece of materialism led to another want not coming true Mm. because of the cyclical cycle of wanting. Oh, okay. Well, dear listener, why don't you tell us what you think Sarah Succotash's motivation was <laughs> in buying the Jack Benny album? You can find us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, The Mountains in the Sea, a Prince podcast. You can find us on Twitter at TMATS, T-M-A-T-S podcast. Or you can send me an email, podcast at gmail.com. Here is something sweet about Jack Benny that you can still understand today. Did you know... That when he passed away, he arranged in his will to make certain that his wife received a single long-stemmed red rose for every day for the rest of her life. Aww. Left it in her will, and she died eight and a half years later in 1983. Wow. So from 74 to 83, uh, Mary Livingstone received a single red rose every day as specified 
in Benny uh, Jack Benny's will. Oh, that's very sweet. Yeah. Uh, so obviously people like every one of us who may have a little, may have a lot also want their neighbor's cars. Uh Uh-huh. And they don't care if the neighbor's car had to be worked for. Right. It's hot. Yep. Exactly. That's right. To this too, that uh, you know, the longing for others' property is something that the devil puts in our hearts. Yep. Don't be deceived by your heart. Couldn't be devil in disguise. Well, and what you covet might not be what it seems. True. So you're coveting that fancy looking car because it's hot and not taking into account that it doesn't have enough room for the people you need to drive around or that it's going to break down a lot. You're going to have to ask your very nice friend, Josh, to pick you up from the car dealership. Oh, that's true. I do that for friends with nice cars. You did in the before times. Oh, yeah, I used to. I don't pick anybody up now and get yourself to your car dealership. (laughs) That's right. That's right. And then there's this final chorus. Uh It's so cool because it starts out like a round. Yes. And then all the vocals finish together. Mm -hmm. It's so cool. And at the very end, when he gets to They Don't Got, oh, at one minute and 52 seconds, his mid-tone background vocals appear again like they were in Train. Mm -hmm. Like this almost effortless, not quite spoken word. But you can hear the vocal cords moving. Right. You know, that kind of thing. about the How about the outro? <laughs> Do they do sprinkler systems different in Minnesota? Maybe they make them above ground, but I would think that you'd want them buried so they don't freeze. So I think they're done the same way they do them here. Okay. So it was like, how do you take somebody's sprinkler system? Yeah, you know, I really had my eye on that sprinkler system of yours, and I was figuring since you... If they don't bury them, maybe they don't bury them so that you can bring them in. Right. Okay. So, So he speaks out of the side of his mouth. Like, yeah, you know, I really had my eye on that sprinkler system of yours, and I was thinking, since you don't ever use it, dot, dot, dot. Uh -uh. I thought that it was just meant to be kind of a joke to say how silly materialism is, as if Prince could borrow a sprinkler system from a neighbor. Uh Uh-huh. Right. But it did make me laugh at first. thought the same way, like, what do, (laughs) does it slide underground to the next house? That'd be kind of a cool way to share a sprinkler system. That would be a cool way to share a sprinkler system. Ooh, business idea number 147. (laughs) I think that one's going to stay an idea. But, uh, and then I was like, well, what if he's talking about one in a building, like a sprinkler system in a building? And that doesn't seem any less cumbersome. Like a fire sprinkler system? That seems, at 
best, just as complicated. That seems like a really boring thing to long after. <laughs> Somehow having it buried underground and watering your grass is a lot more exciting than have it hung from your ceiling in case a fire breaks out. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Man, uh, Prince packed a lot into it a a, it's a super short song. Two minute and eight second song. Yeah, and it makes me want to brush my teeth. That's a really successful toothpaste commercial. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I also got out of the hey, I've got my eye on your sprinkler system. Is it another way of like saying, why don't you just keep your eyes on your own stuff, mind your own business? Uh-huh. Which is a little Rich, maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe from- a little rich coming from Prince, who was said to you know want a camel in two hours in the middle of Minnesota. Uh huh. Well, in his defense, he was like, "I want that for work. I don't yeah. want it just because That's I want true, a camel." But, yeah, but I, you know, you yeah, can say I, do I want know. Uh, that hot tub is for work because uh, I gotta <laughs> relax every once in a while. <laughs> I I gotta put it in this video. I need that hot tub. <laughs> That's true. It's an expense. It's a prop. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Then we have Blanche. Not bum, known bum, to be. Around. <laughs> bum, bum, around. Now you've heard it. Yep. Not known to be planned for a project. Not known to have been heard by anyone. Oh, yeah. Uh, according to everything I've read, and I certainly had never heard it before this set was released. Mm-hmm. So the first time we heard it, it was Blanche and Stanley. Mm-hmm. And we got all excited. With our friends yeah. that we were listening to it with because yeah. she is a huge Golden Girls fan. Yep. And Blanche and Stanley are both characters in Golden Girls. Yeah. And it debuted in September of 1985. So it was on yeah. the air in July of 1986 when this was recorded. Uh, but that's not the Blanche and Stanley in this song. No, it's not. Although I think it is back it up a notch, maybe how Blanche and Stanley on the Golden Girls got their, their names, names also yes. uh, from a streetcar named Desire mm-hmm. from 1951. By which Tennessee I will, Williams. I will admit I've never seen it. I've never read it. I don't even know that it contains streetcars. Uh, I don't know that it does. And um, I don't know that I need to go and watch it and see it now that I know a bit more of the story. <laughs> yeah. You read about it too, didn't you? I'm like, I better know what a streetcar named Desire is about before we sit down to record this. Uh, yeah. So Stanley is Blanche's brother-in-law. Right. Yeah. They have a contentious relationship. Things aren't perfect. Yeah. In the Blanche and Stanley household. Yeah. She's such a sexy wench. Yeah. After the suicide of her husband, Blanche is known to be one to take comfort in the arms of other men. Um, She's beautiful. All the men trip at the sight of your slip, the way it drip over your hips. All the men trip at the sight of your slip, the way it drip over your hips. Which is such a nice That is one of my favorite lines after the alliteration of sweet Sarah Succotash Uh saw a silver scarf. And then we get here and all the men trip at the sight of your slip, the way it drip over your hips. Yeah, it's great. It is. Can we? Can I also mention how the song starts off? Another, oh, another yeah. interesting, effective, and memorable vocalization to start a song off. We mentioned some of these in recent recent episodes with 
Owl from Alphabet Street and Oh Yeah from Sign of the Times. And here we get I uh-huh. that gets repeated a number so of times. So funky. And, yeah. Ah. And Prince does lay it out from the beginning, right? This is about mm-hmm. a song named Blanche. Oh, this is a song is about a girl <laughs> named Blanche and a dude named Stanley's Desire. This is a song about a girl named Blanche and a dude named Stanley's Desire. Mm-hmm. I say. This is a song about a left channel with drums and a right channel filled with guitars. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> very, very true. Yeah, there's this rough staccato guitar playing that suits the song so well. And it's not beautiful, but it's simple and intense. Yeah, and it's super repetitive, but like fun. Yeah. Like I want to keep hearing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It totally works. Yeah. Yeah, and there's that guitar riff, and it becomes more prominent and more insistent as it goes on. And I think it's really echoing the story of Mm -hmm. Stanley's desire for Blanche. Yes, it gets more intense, right? More and more insistent. Yeah. And this is a song that you can really enjoy if you don't know the story. Yeah. I actually think knowing the story maybe detracts a little bit from its enjoyment. It may, it adds to my understanding. Yeah. But maybe detracts ever so slightly from my enjoyment of it. Yeah. I mean, Blanche is a homewrecker. I know. I don't think so. No? No. He's pursuing her. He's no, married to true. her that's sister. Yeah. He ends up raping her. He treats her because she is a woman yeah. who uh, seeks comfort in the arms of men after her husband's death. Yeah. And they treat her poorly. They treat her like an object. Mm. He feels entitled to do the same. She's not a homewrecker. He's a louse. Oh, well, here I am. Where I've been put in my place. <laughs> However, in my defense, I haven't seen the movie, nor will I ever care to. Uh, no. Tennessee Williams, I'm sorry. I'm not buying your stuff. <laughs> then we get a car reference. It's red. It, and it's little. And it's little, but it's a jag. Yeah. But I think it's a jag just to rhyme with fag. Yeah. I wondered if that word, that phrasing there, is why this sat in the vault for so long. I I bet probably so, because it's kind of offensive. Yep. And he's, Stanley's using that as the reason that Blanche won't sleep with him, why she's playing hard, hard to, to get, get for so long. And I'm like, could it be that you're married to her sister? Marlon Brando. <laughs> Marlon Brando. I'm like, she's going to pass you by because you're married to her sister. Not because she thinks you're gay. But there's this layered guitar that's just super, super great. Despite the raping, pay attention (laughs) to the guitar, would you? And here's the thing. I don't think that you know that stuff. Yeah. 
if you don't, if you haven't read about, if you haven't seen a streetcar named Desire, or you haven't read about the the movie or the play, yeah. you don't necessarily know how very troubled this relationship is. Yeah, I wondered if Prince, because we know Prince loved old movies, mm-hmm. it made me wonder if he had recently seen this movie and what you described did not click in his head because Stanley's desire for Blanche gets celebrated here, like at two minutes and 57 seconds where he sings, my name is Stanley, desire, Blanche, you got me on fire. Uh-huh. And it's like really kind of celebrated. It's a great part of the song. My name is Stanley, desire, have a more sensitized view of what was happening here, like maybe Prince did not. Right. He then, maybe didn't you know, quite he's understand. He's just singing about a guy who's like seeing someone that he's infatuated with. Prince wasn't the one to say, well, hold up now. Uh-huh. <laughs> What's right. that on your finger there? Well, and perhaps maybe it was Prince cleaning it up a little. Like maybe ignoring the troubling parts and and appreciating the yeah yeah, it's inspiration not the telling of the story right exactly so that guitar gets broken down at four minutes and eleven seconds for like twenty seconds straight with uh, great guitar break breakdown and what sounds like improvisation lots of fun with who and yes from Prince Mm -hmm, yeah yeah there's these dancing guitars and a rhythm guitar and then drums and a yell and all this great mix of stuff going on for like a minute. Yeah, it sounds very improvisational to me and like Prince is just having fun in Uh the studio. Yeah. And then it falls apart pretty spectacularly. Yeah. It's great. It crumbles to a a crawl. Which is kind of interesting because once you kind of know the story of it... This music here in this last like couple minutes of the song almost kind of tells that story. Mm. Like it's reaching this crescendo and there's this back and forth and it's playful but concerning and then it all falls apart. So it's kind of interesting. And I think it's really effective not knowing the story. And it's interesting to know the story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Prince didn't have Wikipedia in 1986 <laughs> to learn about stuff he may have only seen once but not completely comprehended. Mm-hmm. Super fair. Very fun song, though. Then we have a song that was long referenced and now heard. Right. Soul Psychedelicide, 1986 Master. Yeah, it was important to note that this was a 1986 master because then the song was, um, I would say, another song was written and performed with the same Uh name, Uh considered for Graffiti Bridge, paired up with George Clinton at one point, um, and had actual lyrics and a story Mm -hmm. to it. This is the first time the song kind of came together at a rehearsal session. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they were preparing for upcoming shows... Correct. Um, and it the original recording is purported to be nearly an hour in length. 
We have that original recording. Oh, well, then the proportion is correct. Yeah, the um, rehearsal session that this took place on was widely circulating and very good quality. Had been edited down by Prince to this 12 minute and 30 some odd second version from the like 59 minute version that okay. um, is in a lot of collectors' hands. We've mentioned before that um, My Soul Has Been Psychedelicized is a lyric from the Chambers Brothers' 1967 song, The Time Has Come Today. We talked about that when we talked about Joy and Repetition briefly from the One Night Alone box set. It was in the after show, It Ain't Over. Right. And I read that the Chambers Brothers' album, The Time Has Come... Includes a song called I Can't Stand It, which was sampled by Prince on Thieves in the Temple. Oh, cool. So, a lot of Chamber Brothers references. Very cool. Hidden. And that album, sadly, was one of the six records that Prince bought on Record Store Day in 2016, where he was photographed at the Electric Fetus. No. Yeah. Well, I don't know why he yells it, but I can get on board with ice cream. I want to say it's Dr. Fink who mentioned in the official Prince podcast, which I know you've never heard me say this before, but she'd really <laughs> listen to it, that um, that was just something Prince liked to do, you know, taking cues from James Brown to have hand gestures and odd phrases that cued the band to immediately do something to just, you know, exhibit complete control mm-hmm. over the band in a very, very tight, rehearsed, well-rehearsed band. But yeah, if this song wasn't called Soul Psychedelicide, we could call it Ice, ice Cream. cream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's not many lyrics. Nope. Soul Psychedelicide, it's a hell of a thing. That's most of it. It is. I mean, essentially, yeah. this is repetitive by design, being mm-hmm. like a rehearsal jam. And it's right. great that um set like this is large enough that you could include something like this on there just to have an insight into a little bit of Prince rehearsal mm-hmm. time, which you don't really see ever on release material, you know, just a workout of different call outs and cues with no real lyrics whatsoever. Uh, I think you can hear Prince say on the one at 11 seconds. Okay. Just want to touch on some things, things Prince says in rehearsals with Josh. <laughs> Of all the time, I did, I counted how many times he screamed ice cream, because I just wanted to. Okay. All right. Start the song off. And we get one at 11 seconds. You can hear Prince say, on the one, the band stops, and he calls out ice cream again for the same riff. Ice cream! One minute, 11 seconds. Ice cream! One minute, 52 seconds. Ice cream! Two minutes and 50 seconds, a very barely audible ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And at three minutes and 23 seconds, while if you listen closely up to that point, you can hear a whisper of the song title. Like you can hear the S's to me and Prince's voice saying soul all the way up to this point. But this is the first time you can really hear him saying soul psychedelicide repetitively mm-hmm. at three minutes and 23 seconds. Ooh, wait, three minutes and 39 seconds. Another ice cream. <laughs> 
I don't know who started it, but the women are the ones chanting soul, psychedelicide, uh-huh. the men in the round and adding it's a hell of a thing to after it, mm-hmm. after psychedelicide. And I like that Prince talks to the revolution at five minutes and 24 seconds. It's neat to hear him say revolution. <laughs> And I didn't realize, even though I had had this 60-some-odd-minute rehearsal of this for a very, very long time, how much of It's Gonna Be a Beautiful Night was included in it. At 5 minutes and 33 seconds to 5 minutes 37 seconds, we've got It's Gonna Be a Beautiful Night. You'll notice it. If you did not notice it, once you hear it, you'll never unhear it. And then again at five minutes and fifty three seconds, we hear it's gonna be a beautiful, be a beautiful night. A little musical break too. And hey, by now you've reached the halfway point of this twelve minute and thirty seven <laughs> second song. Shall I continue? Go for Just it. Just other things I like to point out. When at seven minutes and two seconds, Prince calls out, "Bass and drums, keep singing." Prince is clearly putting the band through the motions, testing their reflexes and just seeing how flexible they can be, how quickly they can respond to his calls for certain things. I think it's seven minutes and 59 seconds. I hear them say, psychohelicide. Which made me think... And it's Greg Brooks, I think, who says that. It sounds like something we'd hear on Exodus from the NPG. Like the Hellavision. Right. And just a final few notes here from Josh. At 8 minutes and 15 seconds, we get the start of a sax solo by Eric Leeds, which is obviously all pretty much improvised. So Mm -hmm. if you enjoy Eric Leeds, fast forward to the 8 minute, 14 second mark and listen to him just do his thing. And then the sudden appearance of a tambourine at 8 minutes and 33 seconds, we start to get this shaking tambourine and it drops back out a minute later. And then listening in headphones again this morning, like at 9 minutes and 38 seconds, one of the men, I don't know who it is, but they're singing, so psychedelicide. It's a hell of a thing in our right ears, like super close up to the microphone that wasn't done before. Um, and from there to the end, I'm soul psychedelicided out. <laughs> well, I really like it. Like 10 minutes and 47 seconds. He calls up for just guitars and drums you really realize how much has been going on. Is that the part that has like a bullhorn sound effect to him where he sings guitars and drums? Come on. And then he calls everything else back in. Bobby Ride. Uh-huh. Bass. Keep the horns blowing. Come on. Yep. And you, all of that stuff comes back in. You're like, oh, right. yeah, okay. I never heard him tell Bobby Z to ride. That was usually like a John Blackwell thing or uh-huh. a Michael Bland thing to just like just keep playing gentle, uh-huh. keep it in the pocket and don't change. 
So I thought this was another song, I think on the last episode, we pointed out a song that was like a great demonstration of Bobby Z's live drumming skills, and mm-hmm. we've got that here too. I mean, he leads, yep. he essentially leads the song Yeah. outside of Prince's direction. Right. Yeah. Then we get uh, like a tinkling piano that joins in kind of almost unexpectedly. It's like tinkling and pretty and tinkly. And we get some piercing synthesizers like we would hear later in Black Sweat. Yeah. That's a Dr. Fink thing. Yeah. He would be the one. Yeah. And then uh, a little more encouraging prints to round out. That's true. Ain't no mistakes. That's right. I was like, okay. Yeah. He had a very Miles Davis approach there. Yeah. That's good. Then we have The Ball. The Ball. This is a song that confused the bejesus out of me as a teenage young man collecting uh-huh. Prince outtakes, which I had no business doing. <laughs> Wait, this is The Ball? But he talks about Crystal Ball. Right. And what? I thought And I thought Crystal Ball was called Expert Lover. Uh-huh. I didn't know right. what was going on. Yeah. I, wanted, I demanded an explanation for the song I obtained illegally. <laughs> It was planned for the 80s crystal ball. Right. It was referred to in Can I Play With You? Yes. Yes. Which we covered earlier. It Mm -hmm. did segue directly into Joy and Repetition. Mm -hmm. It later became I Know on Love Sexy. I was going to ask you if you realize the significance Mm -hmm. of this song as it developed into the first song we covered on this podcast. That's right. Because we opened with Love Sexy. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, all the music yeah. was retained, but it had entirely new lyrics. Yeah, I think the drums were re-recorded and, you know, some things were redone, but the basic, like, horn line and that kind of stuff remained right. the same. And the all-for-one, one-for-all, fun-for-everyone kind of lyric... was used in Romance 1600. Uh-huh. And is, uh, was said in Spanish at the beginning of We March from the Gold Experience oh. as well. Un para todos y todos para uno. I think we get to start this off with a little weird guitar sound and Prince taking a household kind of phrase and turning it into something weird for the benefit of fun when he says, what it ain't, y'all. Because <laughs> it's usually what it is, you know, <laughs> and here it's what it ain't. And it's not the first, it's not the only time he says it through the song either. Yeah. Welcome to the Crystal Ball, and this is the event that was referred to in Hot Thing. That's true. Welcome to the Crystal Ball. Tell him you're going to the Crystal Ball. Uh-huh. You'll be home late if you're coming home at all. I wonder if when that Hot Thing walked into the Crystal Ball, if somebody 
walked up to her and said, you got any notion about the way things are? Give them up. <laughs> because everyone heard it in this song. Uh-huh. Got any notion about the way things are? Give them up. Come on, y'all. Well, she didn't have the weakest peach. That's right. Shake the weakest peach. I did uh-huh. not realize that's what he was saying until I looked at the lyrics for oh, the song okay. for this episode. Shake the weakest peach. Yeah, everybody should dance. And there are several references to this new color. That's right. Peach. Yes. So we have the shake the weakest peach. Yep. A peachy beat in harmony. Yes. All I want to do is get your peachy stuff. And have some fun tonight. And any peaches in the house. Any peaches in the house. Yeah, and I thought that it was any preachers in the house. Oh, yeah. And then realized, oh, it's all these peach references. Uh-huh. I never knew that. It's peach. I've been Prince s- was thinking, I might like a new color. Yeah, instead of black and white. Or purple. Yeah. Yep. Um, I love the uh, shake the weakest peach. Get off and party, y'all. If you got a weak heart, split up now. Or split now. Like at 25 seconds, it's kind of an updated version of, you ain't got to go home, but you got to get the hell out of here. You know, <laughs> oh, you I kind of thought of it, it as like, if you can't, like, usually they say, you don't have to go home, but you got to get out of here. It's like, we're closing. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be here. But yeah, this, this was kind of like a, if you can't handle the funk, you better yeah. just hit the road. Correct. Yeah. And the whole song is sung in like a very high falsetto, really fun. It's kind of silly. It's like... 1970s funk soul, mm-hmm. but updated for the 80s. Yep. Kind of thing. Yep. Ain't no couples allowed. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, it's time for fun. And he says, unless you want to do it right, mama, and get married like a bull and a cow. Yes. Okay, so only monogamy after you're married. Correct. Okay, but also, um, if you really want to marry her, Prince, don't call her cow under any circumstance. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> that is not, that's not the analogy you really should be looking for. And that's an insult from movie star also. Yeah. Maybe next time, fat cow. <laughs> Pretty sure that's in there. Yeah, so he knows better. He does know better. But mm. this, is a, this is a party. It doesn't matter. That's here. true. Right after that, where he sings, No time for attitudes. I say we don't want to fight at a minute and 36 seconds. When he sings, No time, there's a cool slow down effect on No time that kind of mm-hmm. serves as background vocals that are yeah. it's kind of fun. No I mean... Old McDonald's farm is up in this party because we've got party all, everybody get loose, ball, shake your body, just like a goose. So we've got <laughs> bulls, cows, and geese all in the opening verse. And then there's this like xylophone that's in it. Mm-hmm. It's just right. Sometimes it's really pretty and sometimes it's really insistent. Yeah. I know 
There's a little part there from 2 minutes and 9 seconds to 2 minutes and 14 seconds with little electric guitars and Prince. Ow! And it's followed by the horn line that is reused completely in I Know. You ever feel like you're being verbally abused in a Prince song? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> because Je- Greg Brooks kind of makes me feel that way from two minutes, 25 seconds to two minutes and 34 seconds. <laughs> There's this guitar and Greg not asking, but get up. Come on. <laughs> he does not like people sitting down at parties. Uh, well, okay. Any peaches in the house? Yes. Is uh, shortly after that where he repeats, what it ain't, y'all. Welcome to the crystal (laughs) ball. You got any notions about the way things are? Give them up. Come on, y'all. Any peaches in the house? Not, as Josh thought, any preachers in the house. (laughs) Seems like preachers would uh, dampen the party spirit. Yeah, like he might know that already. Um, (laughs) Three minutes and 12 seconds, we've got this growling guitar and another Prince scream, which I think is great. <laughs> and towards the end of the song, like the last 40 minutes is basically like 40 this fun. 40 minutes? 40 seconds, sorry. Okay. No, this isn't soul psychedelic side. This yeah. is the ball. From three minutes and 31 seconds to four minutes and 10 seconds, so I just think it's a fun instrumental instrumental like interlude with this fun sax solo and repeating ball over and over again until it kind of winds down a little bit like Blanche does mm-hmm. there's a kind of a drum shift mm-hmm. yeah and then uh, as Prince says the song comes to an end and Prince says welcome to the crystal ball uh-huh. so I'm like oh he's welcoming us again even though the song is now over that's right because this was just the start of the party All right. And we get the party sounds found in between I Know and Alphabet Street on Love Sexy. Mm -hmm. These party sounds are happening. And on uh, Graffiti Bridge, when Join Repetition was finally released, those party sounds are in front of Join Repetition and kind of this weirdly chopped together segue. Uh huh. But this is what song should have preceded Join Repetition and have flowed directly into it. And instead, we have this party sounds and they fade out at the end. So, okay. again, like the claim that you could put a playlist together and recreate <laughs> the Dream Factory and recreate uh, yeah. Crystal Ball. Not quite. Not quite true if you appreciate flow and sequencing, but. Um, That's the story we were told. Yep. All right, then. Well, that's all of the music that we're going to cover. So that means it's time for us to make some selections. True it is. So go ahead and explain the rules. All right. They're my rules. So I'll explain them. We choose a time capsule, something that exemplifies the time at which the material was recorded or when it was released, so mid-80s or 2020. Yeah. We choose a C, the low point for us, not necessarily anything bad. It could be bad, but uh, it's just the thing that spoke to us the least. It could be terrible, to be honest. (laughs) 
And the mountain, the thing that we liked the most. These are my rules, so I go first. The time capsule. Everybody want what they don't got. Just because it really sounded like a lot of what was on the radio in the mid-80s to me. It was interesting and fun, but not groundbreaking. All right. Uh, My time capsule is Train. Just Prince's romanticism of travel, even though this is a breakup song kind of sounded like that it made yeah. the train kind of this glamorous driving thing uh-huh. and the odd sounds of mid to late 80s prince exploratories are running rampant in the song mm-hmm. um, so they definitely give me the 1986 87 feeling when i listen to train okay for me the c was soul psychedelicine really N- not because i didn't really like it because it was fine, but it was just fine. And I wanted something a little different, maybe more introspective when it was referenced in Join Repetition. Mm. It was very different than what I expected and therefore kind of wanted when it was referred to in Join Repetition. I think what you need is a dose of the 1989-1990 version of okay. Soul Psychedelicide. Yes, but that wasn't the one it. he was referring to in Join Repetition. I'm just saying, knowing what you want and what you got, <laughs> everybody want what they don't got out of Soul Psychedelicide. I might get what I want. You might get what you want from the later version. Okay. I won't. I'll finally get the hot, reliable car instead of the hot jalopy. That's right. There we go. That's right. And just for the Prince fans out there who knew what I'm talking about, we live in a fuzz tone reality. (laughs) If you know what that means, you know what that means. (laughs) All right. What's your C? My C. I'm sorry. It's your time capsule. Everybody want what they don't got. And I feel the same. Not that I find it bad. It's just in the middle of a collection of better outtakes to me. And, you know, where it falls in chronological order, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, Heard it with my selection. And it's a bit hypocritical coming from Prince, known for his extravagancies to complain (laughs) that materialism is a problem among other people. Says the guy who got his record company to build him a mansion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just thought um, there's a, it didn't, I mean, I can't imagine what album that would have fit on anyway. So yeah, it was just an obvious outtake to me. Okay. And then the mountain, the high point. Oh, well, I don't love a story that centers on abuse, but Blanche is on endingly funky and uh it really conveys the complexity of relationships through the music it's enjoyable and prince did it all yes he did it all and it's just it's so good i could listen to it over and over how about you i'm going blanche also oh yay and i agree it has to be i don't know if i can think of a more repetitive Prince song, but it's so infectious that you don't really want it to ever stop. So thank goodness for the repeat button. I could listen to this over and over and over, and I have, and I will again. Yes. Agreed. All right. Awesome. Well, that brings us to the end of the material which we are covering today. And the end of the year, our last podcast 
of 2020. Of 2020. Hey, we may made it through. our next episode be brighter and cheerier. Amen. And, and what is our next episode be. going to include? Well, not shockingly, we'll do tracks <laughs> 8 through 14 of yep. this same disc, um, which in case you're wondering, uh, add up to a total of 39 minutes and 7 seconds. So it's a nice split yep. of this disc. Um, it is going to include Adonis and Bathsheba and Forever in My Life, early vocal run-through, Crucial, The Coco Boys, When the Dawn of the Morning Comes, Second version of Witness for the Prosecution, and It Bees Like That Sometimes. Excellent. Wonderful. Well, So we'll have a extra week break between this episode and the next. That's right. So don't forget, but, you know, if you're missing us, we're our whole back catalog available. There's got to be like three or four episodes out there, right? <laughs> yeah, I think this is 74. Not that you can counting. you believe that? Yes, 74. I can. <laughs> oh, ouch. Was that this year? Ouch. <laughs> well, thank you for listening. We know you make a choice when you listen to us because we don't just come on the radio and we really appreciate you taking the time to listen to our cut up and thoughts and uh, enjoyment of Prince. And we hope that you enjoyed it as well. Uh, if you have a purple friend who doesn't yet know about us, Make sure you tell them because it's more fun when you listen with a friend. And until next time, happy purple listening. Happy holidays. Happy New Year from the mountains and the sea. La 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 la. <laughs> I'll let you be the only one sounding stupid during this part. <laughs>